The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Hi, welcome to episode 35 of the Massage Podcast. I'm your host, Don Adkins, along with Elaine Kalenda, our massage expert. What's up? And Jorge Cisneros, our brains behind our fun little show. We're a little show for massage therapists talking all about massage, and we're obviously at episode 35, so there's lots and lots of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find us at massagepodcast.com. You can send us an email on our contact page. Or leave us a voicemail or a text message at 303-656-9860. You can, our recordings are live, so you can come chat with us during our recordings. And follow us, of course, on Facebook and Twitter. And today we have a great guest here in Colorado in Boulder. And her name is Rhonda Reich. She is going to be talking to us today about... Animal massage. Uh, Animal massage. Rhonda, welcome. Please thank you. Tell us a little bit how. uh, Tell us your history. What brought you to where you are today? Well, I've been doing massage now for about thirty-five years on humans, and (laughs) (laughs) about fifteen years ago, I was studying to be a groomer. And when I was when I was working on dogs in the bathtub, I noticed that if I would massage them. They would relax much more. They'd be better on the grooming table. And then a spark went off in my brain. (laughs) Why can't we be giving dogs massage and giving them the same benefits Mm -hmm. that humans get from massage? So that was the original brainchild. All right. And so did you notice that um, especially dogs, maybe the bigger dogs with the hip dysplasias and the common problems that the big dogs get, that they were already experiencing better ability to stand and, you know, kind of stand through the grooming? Did you you see those specific effects or did you see just a generalized? I think in the beginning, what I saw more was a generalized effect. And also when I'd be massaging the dogs in the bathtub, I would be feeling their rib cage. I would be feeling their muscles and Mm -hmm. I'd be so curious about well, do they have the same muscles as we do? Do they act the same way we do? Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're uh, quadrupeds, how do the muscles behave differently? Mm -hmm. And so I think it was more general to begin with. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that when I uh, pass the animal massage classes going on and the students come out of there and they're like, wow, this dog came in with a really bad hip and now he's walking without so much of a limp. And, you know, it's amazing. The results are just as good, if not better, in the canine, equine, you know, you name it, animal uh, massage that, that as it is in, with humans. Yeah, and I think one of the things about that is we don't have the psychological element of, I mean, dogs, animals, they're in the moment. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to say, let's say they have pain or they're missing a limb. 
there's not a social aspect to that like there is with humans. So we right. really don't have to deal with the psychological pieces as much or in the same way mm-hmm. as we do with humans. So we can see quicker and better results. Wow, that's cool. All right, so you um, brought, when did you start doing, when you started doing the animal massage about 15 years ago, uh, what did you do? How did you put it together? And well, where? Was that at uh, That was at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy. And at that time, we had some wonderful leadership. And that leadership was very open, very open to new ideas, exploring new ideas, challenging the instructors. Mm-hmm. We were coming up with a lot of different programs at we the were. time. We were. At that time, yes. that was when we put yeah. together the certificate program. Certificate program. Right. Okay. There's a certificate program for, is it? Uh, canine massage. Yes, it was canine. Yes, yes. canine. It is canine yeah. massage. Yeah. Now, what about equine massage? Well, equine massage was one that we were working on. Um, however, that's not something we implemented at the Boulder College of Massage. Although we tried, we there was a horse well, in the parking lot. There was once. a horse, <laughs> and hopefully, in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are possibilities. So. I mean, it's mm-hmm. such an equine, you know, community here that it would be a shame not to develop one. Yeah, and also I think uh, personally my experience, um, having spent five years in Lexington, Kentucky now, mm-hmm. and working on the track with racehorses and many different kinds of horses, I feel much more solid. You went to Kentucky, you left for a while, went to Kentucky, got five years of experience mm-hmm. in the barns, mm-hmm. you know, working with the horses, fantastic. So you want to bring that back? You think you're going to... Yes, we can definitely, put something together. Definitely, I would I, love that. I put together a program for the Kentucky Horse Park and the Lexington Healing Arts Academy um, in equine massage. Oh, yeah, and that was the whole purpose of my going to Kentucky. Kentucky was certainly not on my radar. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the best place for horses. Yes, uh, of the, that uh, that as the the you know the real elite. Yeah. Athletes. You're going to get some serious horse experience there. Serious, yeah. serious yes. horse experience. Yeah, they're unbelievable, expensive. beautiful. They're gorgeous. Horses. High and responsive. Really responsive. Yeah. yeah. Real and, responsive. and scary. You know, yeah. two-year-old thoroughbreds very are... Very big and <laughs> yes. scary yes. animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So when we're talking about animal massage, we're basically talking about canine and equine mostly, right? Or mostly, you, yes. Mm-hmm. I have worked with other species. I've worked with cats and through the Boulder College, actually, we worked with uh, farm animals, rescued farm animals, pigs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that they were set the, out to be slaughtered right? and rescued. And they have the whole rabbit rescue yes and the rabbits we work with the rabbits so other species as well however dogs cats and horses are probably the main Mm -hmm. species that i work with Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so now you're back and um uh i know that you you know in the back when we were running this program the last few years one of the difficulties or challenges for us was figuring out how to make the program accessible to non-massage therapists, okay? And the reason for this was the demand. People were calling the school all the time saying, you know, I'd like to learn how to massage my dog or, you know, take care of my horse and his, you know, ankle sprains and things like that. Do you have a program? And then we said, well, you have to be a massage therapist. And it was very limiting. So what we did was developed a program that it's a prerequisite program, really. And if you're not a massage therapist, you can take that program, um, and it gets you up to speed with uh, what the anatomy 
as well as basic techniques, contraindications, right? Right. This type of thing. So tell us a little bit about what you've got going. It used to be that everyone had to show up for that from all over the country. So tell us what you're doing now with that. So when we first started out, my intentions, my goals were to help people who are already massage therapists build a career on the basis of doing humans and animals. So that was the original intent. However, as the years have gone by, we have had so much interest from quote unquote lay people Mm -hmm. that the school recently asked me to come up with a way that it would make it possible for lay people to come take the class. Mm -hmm. So I have come up with that. And the requirements for the class now are you either need to be a massage therapist graduated from a 500-hour-plus program, you can be a vet or a vet tech, or you can take a home study course on anatomy Mm -hmm. that has to do with uh, coloring, creativity in the anatomy coloring book, and then there is a 100-question test that Mm -hmm. you need to take, and when you pass that, as well as you have to take a weekend workshop in hands-on fundamentals Swedish massage. You can take that at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy, or if you can show proof that you've taken that class anywhere in the country, Mm -hmm. then it's possible for you to take this class. Right. That's great. Because a lot of schools will give a, you know, intro to massage, or couples massage, you know, whatever, just to get people in the building. So that's pretty accessible out there. So they got a practical. And then how then are you going to transfer that to the um, canine and the canine anatomy? Does that start in the second class or, or the first class that people come to? The home study class, they work in the canine anatomy coloring oh, book. Oh, the canine anatomy coloring books. We need to yes. really identify that. Yes, yes. No. However, many of the concepts for canine is the same as humans in terms of systems, you know, Mm -hmm. cardiovascular system, reproductive, respiratory. So some of the basic, basic anatomy is really what is studied at home. Mm -hmm. So that way, when the massage students come together with the vet tech students, everybody has at least some base in anatomy. How about just there, because people should know the psychology of dogs too. Is that involved? That is something that we cover once they get to the class. The biggest thing I need before they actually come Mm -hmm. to the class is that they know some anatomy, physiology, terminology, terminology, you know, different um, parts, anterior, posterior. Right. Yeah. Is there, let's say a massage therapist solely wants to work on dogs. Is there, is that, possible to make a living just working on dogs Uh, horses i know you can if you find the right niche for sure um but dogs what do you think i think we're on the road Mm -hmm. i think we're getting there i also think that they might need something to supplement as they go into working on that practice i think as with any massage practice be humans or animals it takes a number of years yeah. <laughs> to really build a practice that you could say is supporting you. Yeah. So it's becoming much more popular. There are now classes for veterinarians. I've taught one at CSU, wow. Colorado State okay. University, mm-hmm. for actually the last few years with Dr. Narda Robinson, a very famous um, acupuncturist for animals. Oh, that's great. So mm-hmm. we, the veterinary world, whereas 15 years ago... Oh, the doors were, were shut tight. 
have really opened, mm-hmm. really open, and the veterinarians are wanting to learn this oh, or hire somebody great. who can who can you know who can do this for them in their practice. Right. Because the massage takes time. It's not a ten minute procedure generally. It's right. twenty minutes to a half an hour and the vet doesn't necessarily always have time. But if they believe in it, we're hoping and we are seeing this that they will hire specific canine, very well-trained canine massage therapists mm-hmm. to do some of that work. Right. I would imagine that it would cut down on the amount of anesthesia that certain dogs need just for simple things. A nervous dog that doesn't want, you know, sensitive on, you know, getting clipped or cats. My cat, forget it. You can't cut her nails for anything. We got to put her out. But I bet if they, she had a little massage before the procedure that she'd calm down and wouldn't have to, the expense, and then having your animal anesthetized. It's not good for them. Yeah, and also, you know, it can be very helpful before and after surgery. And what some vets are Mm. actually doing now, when they write up, you know, how much a surgery will cost, um, they are including some two to three or four rehab massages in that price so the dog can have massage after the surgery. That's brilliant. Yes. So we want more and more of that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a great thing to have because it's so helpful to humans before and after surgery, preventing blood clotting, uh, preventing blood pooling the same way as humans, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? Definitely. You know, it really is so much the same. You know, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, 15 years ago, when I first started this, the question always was, well, how is massage different from petting your dog? Uh-huh. That's no longer the question. The mm-hmm. question now is, how can I help my dog with massage? Oh, that's great. So it's really, you know, it's changing. There's, mm-hmm. there's an evolution with right. it. And speaking of which, there, is, there are real um, structured massage techniques for animals mm-hmm. that, well, you know, for the beneficial effect that we the same way we'd get from a human because you can pet a human too. And a lot of people go for massage and they say, well, they, they just petted me for an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it wasn't very specific. I, it was nice, but, you know, but that, that's the thing. So you're talking about, you know, there's very specific protocol. Definitely. There's specific protocol and you need to know what to do when. And you, I think one of the biggest challenges that I notice with students over the years working with animals is really handling the animal well, mm-hmm. understanding their behavior, mm-hmm. understanding what each little noise means, what each little movement of the ear or the yeah. eye or the rump, you know, yeah. all of that. Especially with horses. Especially with, I you know. have to be hypervigilant to those to things. No horses, I think. You can't oh, just yeah. take a class and then jump in and be a, a, an equine therapist, massage therapist. They're uh, a lot of things to know. Right. right. Like you were talking about, Don, the the psychology of the animal. Okay. So that's the thing that you're looking at when you do that particular part of the class. And you also, you take them out to the, what, you, you take them out, there's a field trip or two in there. Yeah, we have, the class is really fantastic. That's really cool. Yeah. Talk about that field trip. Well, we have a number of field trips that we do. That's we right. go to doggy daycare and we massage dogs there, but we also go to an agility trial. Yeah. And we watch how dogs move through an agility trial. So we're looking at high sports, high athletic dogs, <laughs> and we're massaging them as well. Um we and also have an acupressure a- portion of the class. We spend one day on applying really? acupressure techniques. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
sports massage. Mm-hmm. And don't you um, look at gait? We look at movement and gait. Yeah. And we look at movement and gait in terms of breeds as well, because every breed, That's there's a different, a different expectation. Right. You know, if you look at a basset hound, which is a chondrodystrophic dog, almost like a dwarf, mm-hmm. the expectation of their movement is going to be very different from a Great Pyrenees right. or, you know, a, a Greyhound. Mm-hmm. You know, so, very different, yeah. So we look at all those things and we want to take that into account to make sure that we're meeting the needs of each particular dog. Right. I don't think people understand how much there is in this animal massage program. I mean, how long is the program too, by the way? The program is nine in-class days, mm-hmm. so three Intense. Yeah, it's intense. Three three-day modules okay. uh, equaling 75 hours. And then they have a 25-hour externship that they have to do on their own under the guidance of either a vet or somebody who's knowledgeable in that world. And they have – the students have come up with some wonderful – Uh, places to go to and they have to give a lecture somewhere and they have to massage a certain amount of dogs a certain amount of times and they have to write histories and reports and charge and I mean there's a lot packed in that's a big C certification yeah Yeah. that's not messing around with a quick here here's a dog here's how you massage them well, that's really, in, you know, very intense, very professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I'd like to say that is included in the program, we spend a bit of time on grief and counseling um, the students on how to um, behave in those situations. Mm-hmm. Because unlike humans, in your human practice, if you know, with 35 years of human practice, you know, I've had 10 or 15 or 20 patients pass over that amount of time, human right. patients. Right. But dogs, often you get called in as the last approach. Really? And so um, you're going to lose a lot of dogs. They're going to pass. And Mm. I was shocked in the beginning how hard it was for me to deal with that. Mm -hmm. I just had no idea. And then when two or three dogs that I was working on might die in the, you know, a three-month time frame, it was... It was very challenging. So mm. we talk about that. We give them ideas about that, mm. ways so they won't burn out right, on right. the work. So coping. Coping mechanisms with, oh, with grief. Yes. Oh, you know, some stuff you don't even think about. That's really important. Yeah. Anytime a dog dies, even it's yours or not, or you know it, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it. it's yeah. such a tremendous loss because... It's so easy to fall in love with a dog and not so easy to fall in love with a human. Right, 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 right. You always love a dog. Well, it's that unconditional love you get from the pets and and everything. And even then, you know, there's so much going on with dog and cat and animal rescue that, you know, there's another thing. That's it's hard to watch those commercials on TV and to to know the statistics about the, the abuse of animals in our country is horrible. So so a lot of people are adopting these pets which is nice. A lot more people will think about adoption before going to a, a mall and buying a pet from, you know, one of these breeders that, you know, it's a little bit, I'll just, what do they call them? Puppy mills? Yeah. Well, we, like you know, speaking of that, and this is something that I have been working on, when the animal shelter adopts out an animal, 
putting a little slip of paper in that whole adoption packet with a free massage. Oh. So the dog can get reoriented to a new place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, it's great marketing and a right. great way to let people know that you're out there. But also, it's a service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we in massage therapy know that what we do is a service. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a passion. It comes from, it's not just about money. Although we do need to put food in the dog's bowls, yeah. But you know, it's it's a heart thing. So there's that's also that's a great way to be heart involved and right. you know yeah. also market oh, your that's business. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so many ideas like that. Mm-hmm. There's so many places to go with this. You know, right. Yeah. Over it is. Time. I would now think. that it's getting more popular. Right. It's a wide open market. <clears throat> you know, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the benefits of the equine massage. You know, I. I got a certification from an Aspen um, program a couple of years ago. And yeah, <laughs> and then I've taken the, um, there's a wonderful acupressure full on certification. And that is a fascinating program. And I've taken two of those classes and I loved massage for horses, but when coupled with the acupressure, which is great to hear is in your program, it's a very, very powerful experience to be in the presence of a horse that you're helping because they are so in tune <laughs> with everything, like more so than you could ever imagine. And it can be almost a spiritual experience. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I just read a great book called Zen Mind, Zen Horse. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I'm going to recommend it when we do get to our equine program. Horses, they're a whole different category of spirituality. Yeah. There I, they are our spiritual guides. To take a 1,200-pound animal and have them leaning into you for more work. <laughs> And there's nothing like yeah, it. Yeah, there's no feeling in the world like that. No. The uh. adrenaline pump of taking a horse that's just crazy when you first get there mm-hmm. to that level of relaxation. Mm-hmm. And also to watch the way he moves before and after. Right. And there's one other thing I want to say about that, that there is personally my advantage of being a human massage therapist, massaging horse and rider. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The horse reflects... What the rider is doing Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So if I find tension, tightness in the lumbar sacral area of the horse on the right side, odds are good I'm going to find it on the human because they're a team. Mm -hmm. So it is fascinating, you know, to watch that. You know, and I guess I also hope that, you know, maybe some people come to do the animal program and say, oh, I really like this. Maybe I want to do human massage yeah. too. Even mm-hmm. if they're not super into humans, yeah. <laughs> they can see the benefit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, you know, with the horses too, I think it's, uh, if someone is a big time rider, you know, they taking the class themselves helps them recognize maybe their own faults in their riding. Cause there's a lot goes on in riding. There's fears, there's trust between horse and rider and um, so much can encompass and, a massage, equine massage, or acupressure. Yeah, and if sure. somebody comes to take a class on animal massage, they can certainly serve their animals more. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so that's helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And working with horses, uh, when I was 14, it was my first job, walking <laughs> hot horses oh, at it. the racetrack in <laughs> yeah. Queens, in Aqueduct Racetrack. 
So, uh, yeah, that first day, you know, getting the job 14, little wise ass, yeah. standing there telling the guy, oh, yeah, I've got experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I get in the barn and I start walking a horse and the lady's walking behind me. She's going, this is your first time, isn't it? She mm-hmm. spotted me right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, what do I do? <laughs> horse is walking me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she says, put your elbow in his shoulder. And I'm like, where's the shoulder? Yeah. Okay. So that's, you know, my first experience was terrifying. Mm, they're These terrifying. giant racehorses that are like hugely like strong and, and sensitive. Mm-hmm. And they're and then mm-hmm. when they come off the field, yeah, when they come off the track, they're hot and sweaty. Take them, you know, right out yeah. from under a rider practically. But it's exciting. And what, it took me maybe a week to get really good at walking horses. I loved them so much. And get, getting over that fear. Although always having a healthy apprehension. Healthy apprehension. Never always. take a dog, always. a cat, any animal for granted. Look at that yeah. lady that just got bit. Yeah. In the face from being, you know, just, you know, being all mm-hmm. up in that dog's face and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and you don't belong up in a dog's face. Anybody's that's, face. That's his personal obnoxious. space. That's yeah. right. It's you obnoxious. Know? So, I mean, yeah. you know. And, and that's something, you know, we talk about a lot in class is how to handle the animals, how to talk to them. You know, you can't come in and be all goo gaga. You have right. to be professional. You mm-hmm. have to recognize when your voice is going up or going down. They cue into Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what I was saying about the racehorses too. That washing the uh, washing them. Uh, you know, when they when the guys come in doing breeding uh, practices uh, to taking the dirt out of their uh, hooves. I mean, all of that. This horse is so sensitive that you hardly have to really touch them at all. They know what you want. They know. You know, he, without you even asking. You can't lie to a horse. No. <laughs> they know you, you everything. You just can't. They'll get you. They read your time. mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. So, yeah, that's why some people are animal people, some people are not. I have a question for you, Rhonda. Can you share a little bit of your experience in Kentucky? What, what exactly were you doing there with the horses? In mm-hmm. which capacity were you doing massage? When I went to Kentucky, I was called from the Lexington Healing Arts Academy to come and start an equine massage program. And I thought I could stay in Colorado to do it. But when I went to interview and I saw how different a a horse world it is, it's Mm. a totally different horse world than the Colorado horse world. Mm -hmm. It's a racing world. It's a show world. Big money Uh, world. (laughs) It's big money. Uh, Kentucky, Lexington, you know, it's the horse capital of the world, although they do have a dispute with Florida. The Florida is the Kentucky capital of the world. Mm -hmm. But... I started a horse massage program that was also 100 hours, and we did it in in conjunction with the Kentucky Horse Park. And so I created a program, and we taught that for a few years, and I worked at the Kentucky Horse Park massaging some of their horses. And then I also worked at the track behind the scenes, not necessarily on race day. Race day is not the best day to work with the horses. It's just way too crazy. Too much energy. (laughs) But I learned so much. When I went there, I was very much against horse racing, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was cruel and unusual punishment to put animals through that. So I think it's always good for us to, (laughs) to go and check out what we fear, what we don't like, Mm -hmm. what... Because there's a lot more, and I got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. I mean, there certainly is a lot of bad and ugly, but there's certainly a lot of beauty. Oh, the I fell in love, I love with it. racehorses. Yes. Good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So d- people would call me in for different kinds of things. Sometimes it would just be a part of their training. 
Um, sometimes it would be injury rehab. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably the biggest right. one was injury rehab. Mm-hmm. And so we made connections with, there's two very well-known uh, equine rehab hospitals there, Root and Riddle and Haggards. And so, you know, it took time to make connections. Kentucky still has some different cultural it's norms. the South. Yes, mm-hmm. the South. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the horsemen out there have some ideas, but you know that mm-hmm. they're starting to open up, but it, it does take time. Mm-hmm. So I went to so many different horse events when I was there um, at the Kentucky Horse Park from May to October. Every single weekend, there's something going on, be it an Arabian Egyptian show, mm-hmm. be it a dressage show. Oh. And I would be out at the Kentucky Horse Park massaging people and their horses. Wow. So that was a big part of it. Was there a way to measure kind of the performance of the horse, those who were getting massages or not? Well, I don't know that we had a scientific way of measuring that, but certainly we could use anecdotal information. So, and there are a lot of studies being done also, you know, I mean, Kentucky is the place where they do a lot of the studies, a lot of new surgeries, Mm -hmm. um, trying out a lot of different modalities. Yes. Fantastic. So I wanted to say, I guess you're familiar with the book uh, Walrus on My Table, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you haven't read it, uh, it's a really great book. Uh, it's a page turner. Walrus on My Table. So look at that. The guy went to, what was it, the aquarium? It's in New York or Long Island or something. Bronx Zoo. The Bronx Zoo is where he started. Anthony Guglielmo. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. He's a paisan from the old neighborhood, from yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah, and yeah. he went to the zoo and he started working on... A queer, uh, well, you know. the story is yeah. what happened was they had a walrus that was no longer um, flapping its flippers and therefore couldn't walk, couldn't move, no circulation. And it didn't just take one time. They called, Somebody called him in. He had a friend who had a friend. You know how it goes. Yeah. And uh, he came in and he started massaging the walrus, you know, down this. First, he studied some anatomy, mm-hmm. which is absolutely imperative that you do before you touch any animal. Right. you got to know what's where. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did that, and then he started by massaging the walrus, and eventually, over time, the walrus started to use his body again, and he Aww, survived. Yeah. So, oh, Don, you haven't read this? Oh, you so this book, the walrus is only one of 16 species that he, that he ended up working on. Oh, yes. Penguins and penguin, dolphins and everything. dog, dolphins. Uh, oh, that was uh, just, that like a, what, I think a turtle. I mean, the guy, it's I a great little that. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you so, know, if our listeners are out there and have, you know, interest in working with animals, there's so many good resources nowadays to, to get involved with that. And certainly, you know, some, if you're, you know, want more information about specifics, then go on to uh, www.bcmt.org and check out Animal Massage on our website because you'll get information about the dates of the classes and, and you know, if you want to sign up. It's just, it's just great stuff. I have a question. In terms of the pricing for those who are doing this professionally, how do you charge? Because I, I could imagine that a horse would take you longer to massage than a dog. So how do you usually recommend the pricing for uh, these massages. Yeah. So, you know, when a human, a, a dog doesn't call you and say, I want a massage, and a horse doesn't call you and say, I want a massage. It's the human. Yeah. Oh, some dogs talk. Yeah. They talk, but not quite in that way. Uh-huh. We do it by the session. So, 
generally speaking, a first dog session might be 45 minutes to an hour. And that's the time we'll sit with the person, take a history. I like to watch the dog, see what it does while we're talking, Mm -hmm. who it wants to be with, how friendly it is, what kind of behavior it has. Is it hiding behind the person? Is Mm -hmm. it jumping on my massage table immediately? Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. that's the beginning. So the next session generally for dogs is a half hour. So most dogs cannot sit for too much longer than a half hour. There are some that could go for hours, <laughs> um, just lay there. So we kind of level it at about approximately a half hour. So we charge per session, not per time, like for an hour, hour mm-hmm. and a half. So per session, the, the price varies, I'd say, anywhere from 30 to $60, depending on what part of the country you're in mm-hmm. for a half hour massage. Yeah. Equine is a whole nother story because you always have to go to the barn, Mm -hmm. which means that you have a lot more time involved. Travel time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with a horse, an hour is not that long. I mean, an hour is probably a good amount of time. And remember, I'm generalizing. Mm -hmm. Every horse is different, just like every human is different. Mm -hmm. If at 50 minutes, the horse is telling you that he's done you don't look for something else to do for those mm-hmm. next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You're, You're done. done. Mm-hmm. But the client still pays for that session, which is usually an hour, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. And that's anywhere from 90 to $120, depending on the location and depending on how many horses there are. Sometimes I'll go to a barn and I might massage three or four horses and only do 20, 30 minutes on each because we're doing spot work. Mm-hmm. So that's about the level of pricing for the sessions. Nice. You're listening to the Massage Podcast. You can find us at www.massagepodcast.com. Leave us an email on our contact page or send us a text message at 303-656-9860. If you have any questions or an idea for a show or you'd like to be on our show, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And today we're talking to Rhonda Reich, about animal massage, which seems mostly equine and canine. Equine and and canine. Well, you know, the thing is, like my sister, she's going to be retiring from Lufthansa after 30-something years in about two, three years. And she loves animals. And she was thinking for something to do, you know, because she's still young and very, you know, active, something to do and, you know, as a second career and everything, uh, that she thought about dog grooming, but she thought massage because she knows how great massage is, you know. Her kid sister's been at it long enough. And she just like thinks that it would be great to study canine massage. And I'm thinking that this would be lovely for people who like animals or love animals as a second career, first career. Or just volunteer not. work too. And you don't this, need to work or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't need to work, uh, some opportunities they may have for volunteering, shelters, things like this. Yeah, well, I think also people that who, who are already employed, for instance, in a shelter mm-hmm. or a groomer, somebody who already works with animals, mm-hmm. who wants to be able to add something wonderful to their work. That's a good idea. So mm-hmm. that would make such a great combo, you know, especially shelter dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If, if the shelter would have some of their people trained, who can go in and mm-hmm. spend a little, I know it's hard because oh. shelters are busy, but if somebody could go in and spend just a little bit of time massaging the animal, 
feeling some confidence in what they're doing right. as opposed to just petting them and calming them down, but really mm -hmm. knowing that they can really, really help them. Okay. Um, so yeah. could you tell us about specific beneficial effects? Specific beneficial effects pretty much are the same as human massage. Yeah, right. So increased circulation, Respiration? Respiration. Right. range of motion is, I think, range one of, of the big ones huge. for the arthritic um, dogs. Right. And actually, I would say probably 30 to 40% of the dogs that I massage are arthritic. And so pain? So pain is pain, the biggest. Pain. Now, this is the thing. Dog can't tell you, hey, it hurts here or it doesn't hurt here. Or can they? Then, yes, see, they really the can thing. tell you. You've got to know how to listen. Yeah, you have to know how to listen. And usually when you live with a dog and you sleep with a dog and you feed the dog and you go everywhere with that dog, you know every little thing about them and you know if something is off. Right. So they can tell you, but they can't tell you. It's not like a child that can say, Mommy, my belly hurts. It right. might be three days before you notice that something's going on. Right. But with the arthritic dogs, you know, people are noticing as their dogs are aging. They're not getting up as well. They're mm -hmm. not sitting down as well. They're not going upstairs as well. Go to the vet, get steroids. Right. Don't necessarily want to have their dog on steroids. Right. Come for massage helps the dog to move around and feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what about digestive problems, problems with the, you know, taking up the dog for a poop? Yes, digestive problems. We have methods we can use on the abdominal there area. There you go. Circular friction, some effleurage. There's lots of different techniques that we can use for that. Or even if we can't touch the exact area that's in pain, mm -hmm. We can work some other areas surrounding it that may affect it. Okay. Because, so, if you the, know, yeah. everything works together. Sure. And if the belly's too sore, just working along the spine is going to help that. Exactly. Okay. Or working in the glutes yeah. might okay. help that as well. So, there's a lot of things we can do at that stage. And going back to surgeries, like, you know, mm -hmm. surgery for hip dysplasia or elbow dysplasia. The knees. Yes, or actually the number one Me. cruciate ligament yeah. tears. Curl cruciate lig ligament tears are really? the number really? one. Yeah, wow. no, my dog had both of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. And oh, often, yeah, yeah. if there's one, then the other yeah. will have to be really? done. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think Morgan's dog's going through that. I mean, Aspen's dog, Morgan. If you have I a think dog he's going through that now. If you have a dog that needs it, it's worth it. It's expensive, mm -hmm. but if they're young... You. Right. And, you know, massage can't take away hip dysplasia. No. What it can do is help in the healing process and after the surgery. Right. So they don't have such a, a, a off the gate is better. Well, I did that with my chihuahua. Splinting, and you know, sp muscle splinting, yeah. things like that. That's my chihuahua forever, you know, had his little hip up from that surgery. Mm. And it threw off his whole gait and everything. <laughs> and it messed up his, his uh, ability to poop. Poor little mm -hmm. guy. Poor little guy, little buster. So he like, he'd, I'd bring him in for, after a walk and he'd, you know, he'd settle down and the poop would come out. He'd say, hey, in why don't house. you do that outside? Mm, yeah. He said, I tried mommy, but I couldn't do it. I had a bad circulation in my intestine. Please give me a massage. Mm -hmm. uh, it really improved, you know. Brought his circulation, everything <laughs> could sleep better. Also, you know, other other situations, like let's say we have a fearful dog. A yeah, dog. and that's my next yeah, question. So behavioral problems. Right. So let's talk about behavioral problems for a moment. With behavioral problems, there's a lot of times that we can use touch and massage to help bring them out of that somewhat. Really? Know? Yeah, yeah. Also, another thing I'm, that makes me think about is puppydom. You know, puppydom is such a challenging time for 
a dog and a human and teething. Let's oh. just take something like teething. We can massage around their gums. We can massage in their mouth. We can massage around the jaw. We can massage around the neck. All of these things are going to help with teething. <sighs> I mean, things that you don't even necessarily think about massage right. doing. Yeah. It can do. Doggy TMJ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, There's a TMJ. horrible syndrome that they get. Um, that has to do with the masseter locking down. Mm. Nearly. Yes, yes. You see Very all the stuff you can learn. Yes. And, and just also, you know, for people who are human massage therapists and maybe don't have the intention of massaging animals but are curious and want to take this program, the heightened sensitivity mm-hmm. that you can appreciate after taking this class comes into your human practice mm. well, I imagine so it would, yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Your sensitivity changes because there won't be any words. Wow. When yeah. something's hurting. Then you have to be have more intuitive. To, you have to feel it. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So even if for some reason you never massaged another animal again after the program, which is highly unlikely, but even if, you will gain so much in sensitivity just from working with the wow. animals. That's interesting. What's way to fun look at too it. is I know I'm sure dogs are like this too, but I love it when um, working with the horses that you get the size, mm-hmm. you get the heads dropping, you get the just the whole thing. Yeah, what it a great is. sound that is. It's really well, when you watch human that neck that. drop yeah. on the horse, uh-huh. it starts relaxing. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. eyes. And the- it, it's a wonder. And the ears, and mm-hmm. yes, and the eyes start closing. And one of the most fun things, whether it's a dog or mm-hmm. horse, mm-hmm. is they start salivating. Yeah, yeah. I do too. And, <laughs> and sometimes you can even end up, if it's a dog on your massage table, with a whole pool of drool. Oh, you know? yeah, and with right. the horses, there can be a whole pool of drool. No. Yeah, on really? the ground in yes. front of them. Then you know you're doing Sometimes. it. Tells you yes. you're doing. You know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the great thing too. You know, you're getting immediate feedback. You know, yeah. humans uh-huh. have egos, and right. we like to scratch those egos. And so <laughs> we do. We get immediate results. All right. Well, I've got a dog at work. You know, people are allowed to bring their dogs to to work if they behave. That's okay. the greatest thing about BCMT. BCMT yeah. and the dog family. And there's one in there now. I don't know if you've met her yet. And I'm sorry, Jody, for talking about your dog on the podcast, but I love your dog, Olive. But Olive, Olive is very afraid of her own shadow. Mm. No, I can't even get a hold of her to give her a massage, but because she's scared, especially of people with glasses, apparently, <laughs> wear glasses, you know. So me and Bruce are kind of out. Bruce gives her, she just goes to Bruce because he has dog biscuits all the time, you know. And I gave her a marshmallow the other day and she loved it. Sorry to give the dog sugar, but she loved it. It was, you know, I'm trying to get to know this dog. But how then do you, can you advise people like getting, you know, to break these barriers with them? I mean, do they, does it ever work or do some dogs just never? You know, I am going to just interject quickly on that. I bet you um, a walk with the dog could make all the world. If I took her for a walk? The bonding on a walk Uh. is very important and I, I think you should try to take the dog for a walk. Okay. I think a number of things really in those kind of situations where the dog is so frightened, they're not going to really benefit that much from the massage no. because they're, <laughs> you know, their sympathetic nervous system is too kicked off. Uh-huh. So well, she I, likes her head and face scratched yeah, so and played with. So you find places okay. and also teaching the companion. Let us start with teaching the companion how to do the massage. There you go. 
let that be the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then if the companion wants to take them to a professional, after the dog gets used to that, you know, it's such a specific form of touch. It's such a focused form of touch. Sometimes it freaks the animal out, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I think there are ways. However, there are certainly dogs that you can't get your hands on, and there always will be, some, just like people. Some people, mm-hmm. right. I mean, it, it, we don't understand how anybody could not, Love, love massage. massage. Yes, yeah, that's they true. They need to go for a walk with you first. That's true. <laughs> that's true. You know? Well, tr- whether it's a dog, a horse, or a human, trust is a, trust a major is key. issue. Yeah. Um, with being touched and letting somebody into your personal all right. space. Absolutely. Well, I just didn't want to be obnoxious, you know? I just, I, I that will always be, um, I think, really bad for animals to just assume and, you know, break into their boundaries and everything. No, just we, trying we to have want, the we right want to approach. respect their boundaries, exactly. and they know when we're respecting their boundaries. Yeah, I think she's getting coming around. It just—it's yeah. such a lovely dog, and I love the, uh, you know, her. She's so soft and sweet and beautiful, and I like to, you know, get, <laughs> like you to get, like her to come into my office and hang out with me. I had to babysit her once, and the whole time she's like looking at me like <laughs> I'm an axe murderer. You know what I'm saying? And like, take off those glasses, <laughs> mommy, 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 mommy. She's very, very. Attached. Uh, attached to her mom. Well, I guess pets I get that way. At the same time, this reminds me about Spoofy when I, I took my dog who had some neurological problems, so there was nothing that they could do. So I, I, I brought the dog to, to Rhonda, and she was kind of a crazy dog. I mean, she loved people, but she hated dogs. She was kind of wild. And uh, I remember, Rhonda, you told me that you were surprised from the first time you met Spoofy. You never thought she was going to be into massage because she was so wild. But after a few sessions, I mean, my dog, after seeing Rhonda, I continued uh, seeing with one of my, my ex-classmates, who was wonderful with dogs as well. She loved the massages. Oh, And we kept her, you know, there was nothing that we could do for her condition, but you could tell that every single massage, when she had that session, it would make a big difference oh, in her day, in her month. Oh, so it was, it, was, it was wonderful. Yeah, oh. and I, I think that on the part of the therapist... Extreme, extreme patience, (laughs) (laughs) which is never an easy thing. So maybe the first time I end up feeling like I didn't do a quote unquote massage, but I connected with the dog. I did some compression. I got to touch the dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next time and okay. next time. So sometimes it takes three or four or five Especially times. Especially right. with the horses. Yeah, and it doesn't matter who, you know, even if you think about a human. Yeah. The first few times, you know, we always say, if my work doesn't help you after three or four sessions, perhaps I'm not the right therapist. That's true. We do that with humans. Yeah. Not the right treatment. Yeah. So it's the same thing with animals. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, of course, the wonder dogs are the ones who come in and the first two sessions, they don't want anything to do with you. And you do your massage as best you can. And then they come in for the third session or the fourth session, wherever you are in the sequence. And they jump on your table and they're like, massage me. They lay down. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how much that happens. That's yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I see it at the school all the time. We had a lady come in for our, our special populations clinic, you know. She came in and she goes, I had to bring my dog today. And I said, it's okay. The dog's well behaved. And a student's ther- um, um, person didn't show up. He says, can I massage the dog? Mm. I said, sure. This dog apparently had been to some animal massage classes, jumped up on the massage table right away. It's a big, huge husky, you know, 
full of hair. And the student just like went over, start massaging the dog. At about 10, 15 minutes, the dog decides it's time for me to turn over to the other side. Oh, that's Turned awesome. over on his own. <laughs> and then when the when the, the student said, okay, we're about done, he said, uh-uh, light on his back, legs spread out, said, how about my abdomen, you know? Yeah. It's like, how about this part? Yeah. And then when that was done, he said, <clears throat> and he told him it was done. Oh. <laughs> got up, got a vacuum cleaner in there and put up, pulled up about, I don't know, small dog's worth of hair. Oh, dog. Dog loved the massage. Oh, doggy. So I also want to mention another opportunity at the Boulder College of Massage. Absolutely. Within the regular human massage program, we have an elective. Yes. We have an animal massage elective. And during that time, we work with rabbits, dogs, and horses horses. to introduce the students. That's right. Not only that, then we also have internship sites Mm -hmm. where they can go to on different weekends or different days of the week, hearts and horses, um, places that are sanctuaries for animals. Mm -hmm. With supervision, they get to massage different species. So... It's not just this one program we have. It's a bunch of different things that will lead the massage therapist in this direction. That's right. Will you be adding lions and tigers anytime soon? Oh, my. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, we actually have a sanctuary out here in Keensburg. It's only an hour away. Mm -hmm. However, let's just say... Wild animals need to remain wild, uh-huh. and we have to be careful about our interference, and uh, we won't go too much into that subject, because yeah. it's a controversial <laughs> subject. Um, I would love it if we could massage those species, but then again, that is my human ego, not right. necessarily what the animal needs, and we always want to keep that in mind, first mm-hmm. and foremost. What does mm-hmm. the animal need? For people fresh out of school who have taken any type of certification in animal massage, what kind of practical advice could you give them in order to build up their practice around this particular area? I would say two things. First of all, to continue to educate themselves, Mm. that this is not the end. To look for other programs, to gain more experience, to gain more confidence. A big reason why I think some people don't go out there and actually do it is because of the confidence. So to volunteer at humane societies, to go to your horse sanctuaries, volunteer, know that it takes a good 50 hands-on sessions on any species to get confidence. Yes. So I I would say that first. Know that Mm -hmm. that's coming, that you're not going to just get right out there and have a practice Mm -hmm. of animals. So I would say that. I would say a lot of patience and a lot of marketing, a lot of marketing, going to a lot of events. In the beginning, as with human massage, you have to give it away sometimes. But also another thing that happens with People who take animal massage, they think that they're not going to have to communicate with people anymore. And the exact (laughs) reverse is true. The reverse is true, meaning that, like I said, the dogs don't call for massage. It's the humans who call for massage. So you must have good communication skills 
because... <laughs> in fact, probably even better because you yeah. have to focus on the animal at the same time, kind of wonder what the... Yes, yes. Watch for questions, freakouts, or anything happening for the owner. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, you have to, when you get that owner, companion, whatever we want to call it, into the room with the dog. So does the, does the owner stay in the room with the dog? The does dog. the owner leave mm-hmm. the room? What's best for the animal? Mm-hmm. How do you learn that? How do you tell the companion, you know... It might be best if you go ahead and stay in the living room or, you know, the waiting area. You know, these are all communication techniques that need to be done with your heart, with kindness, but need to be done for the betterment of the animal. And sometimes you need that companion there. Yeah, dogs too sometimes. I know my dog's always watching what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, she's very concerned about where I am and what I'm doing. But once you get Mm -hmm. the trust of both of them, I want to tell you what happens a lot of times in Mm -hmm. the massage room after a couple of sessions. The the human is sitting Mm -hmm. there half asleep from <laughs> the relaxation mode that has yeah, happened uh-huh. mm. in the massage room. Yeah. Right? So in some ways, I think they get benefits from it too. Uh, of course. Watching massage is relaxing. Yeah. It so is. in answer to your question, you know, it does take those things. And, and for a student to, you know, a lot of students will come into class and say, oh, I, I don't want to work with humans. I don't want to deal with humans. It's like, Just, well... Unless you live in the in the Bronx Zoo, or unless you in live the in the forest somewhere, right? yeah, right. And you go Some into of the study primatologists like Jane Goodall, right? Yeah. Um, right, you massaging just the gorillas. Mm. She did. But even with Jane Jane Goodall, you know, after she was out there for so long, she had to come back and communicate with the rest of the world mm-hmm. to tell them, you know, what the needs of the, the animals plight of are. The, yeah. yeah, so communication skills, I really can't stress that enough. Good point. Yeah. That's good a very point. good point. Yeah. So should we move on to tip of the day, Rhonda? We like yeah. to give our listeners a tip of the day. It can be anything, self-care, uh, equipment, just, uh, accessories. Anything that you think you want to impart to people today. Something that's been helpful to you. Right, you yeah. know, Tip of the day or accessory of the week or whatever. She's though. got one. Two yeah. thumbs up. Actually, can I tell a story instead? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I want to just lose. tell you a very heartwarming story about a dog that I massaged. I massaged this wonderful, beautiful dog in Boulder County named Spirit. Big dog, Great Pyrenees mix. I massaged him for a couple years. And then on the day that he was going to be euthanized, his owner called me and asked me if I would massage Spirit Before the euthanasia. Mm. And she wanted to (laughs) make sure that he went out in peace. Mm. And this was fascinating because this was the day before 9-11. Oh, my God. Mm. And I went there the day after 9-11, massaged the dog, and we both knew that spirit needed to go to the spirit world to watch over. And so it was one of the hardest massages I ever did. I didn't cry. I was, I stayed with it. The next day I came to massage the mom and Spirit's water bowl was up front. And that's when I really lost it and mm-hmm. cried yeah. and shed many, many tears. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's never too late for massage. I guess the tip also is many humans will pay to have things for their animals that they won't pay for for themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. So something to keep in mind. Okay. Yes. This is a very good tip. Thank you. All right, everybody. Um, let's welcome spring being around the corner, okay? Yeah, and, please. Uh, have a super day and listen to our other shows. 
Find us at massagepodcast.com. Leave a text or, or a voicemail at 303-656-9860. And please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And Rhonda, thank you so much for thank taking you, time out to be on our show. Everybody have a good day. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. 